Hello everyone. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. So today we're sharing a blog post that accompanies our commentary episode on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This piece, published in November 2021 under the title Crimes Against Women in Shang-Chi, deals with the representation of the film's female characters. Well, we finally watched Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and we've come to an unassailable conclusion. Kevin Feige is a criminal. We're placing him under citizen's arrest for crimes against women, namely producing a movie in which major female characters outnumber males two to one, and failing to hire a single woman to write the screenplay. Lord Feige, do not pass go, do not collect $200, go straight to movie jail. Promises, promises. Not long ago, Feige and other Marvel executives made a commitment to stronger female characters and more representative stories for women. While they've kept their word so far with the Disney Plus shows, Marvel sputtered with Black Widow and crashed with Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi proves that the patriarchy is alive and well in Hollywood because one of two things happened during pre-production. The powers that be felt that three men could competently write the stories and arcs of four women, or the powers that be felt that the film's four female characters weren't important enough to hire a female writer. We're not sure which scenario is more insulting. The end result of this omission is a script devoid of nuance and understanding, with the women treated as nothing more and check marks and plot devices. Let's take them one at a time. Ying Li, Bala Chen. Marvel movies are a lot like episodes of Law and Order. They're ripped from the comics, but details get tweaked. The writers went further with Shang-Chi, though. In the comics, Shang-Chi's mother is unknown. In the movie, she is a loving, grounding presence for her two children. Until about 20 men brutally murder her. Seriously? If this movie was good, we might have thought Christopher Nolan directed it. To be fair, Marvel has killed off a mom to further male stories before. In Thor The Dark World, Malekith murders Thor and Loki's mother, Frigga. Her death is a device to unite the brothers in the fight against the Dark Elves. Not cool. However, Frigga's death is much more palatable in comparison to Ying Li's. Frigga retained her magic whereas Ying Li had sacrificed her powers for her family. Frigga's death occurred during a fair fight. She was not an unarmed woman taking on a gang of thugs. And just to rub salt in the wound, Ying Li's death motivates her son, but punishes her daughter, Shai Ling, for her very existence. Following his wife's death, Wen Wu couldn't even bear to look at Shai Ling, a living reminder of his loss. Shiling, Mengur Zhang. Little Shiling didn't fare any better than grown-up Shiling, whom the writers introduce as a capital S strong woman with all the subtlety of a chainsaw. She can fight. Check. She's a successful business owner. Check. She doesn't need a man. Check. Once they checked those boxes, the male writers felt the job was done. And just like dear old dad, they ignored Shai Ling for the rest of the movie. 
How they can call themselves writers and miss that irony? We'll never know. Shiling is such an afterthought that Wen Wu and Yingnan barely even acknowledge her presence, while Shang-Chi is lauded as the prodigal son returned. Yingnan, Michelle Yeoh. There's not much to say about Shang-Chi and Shiling's aunt, Yingnan. And that's the problem. Yingnan is a means to an end, the conduit by which Shang-Chi gains the tools he needs to complete his heroic journey. A man could have spoken her dialogue with no alterations. In fact, you may have seen this character played by a man, namely John C. Riley in Kong Skull Island, the movie from which the latter half of Shang-Chi cribs heavily. Now, one could argue that Yingnan must be a woman because she is a proxy for Ying Li, the means by which Shang-Chi connects to his mother. But see the problem there too? Any way you slice it, Yingnan is no less disposable than Ying Li and Shiling. Katie, Aquafina. Finally, we come to Katie, a character so unbelievable it's painful. In the same way that Shang-Chi doesn't know what kind of movie it wants to be, Aquafina had no idea what kind of character Katie should be. And that's not her fault. Aquafina did her best with the poor script she was given. The result is a muddled, obnoxious character who gets a hero moment she doesn't earn. In the end, she's little more than a bridge between American and Chinese culture, a bridge that is shaky at best. Standards of femininity. That's not even the greatest offense against Katie and, in effect, the woman portraying her. While Aquafina is a very attractive woman, she doesn't have the slim, curvy body of other Marvel actresses like Scarlett Johansson, Brie Larson, or Elizabeth Olsen. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, nor is there anything wrong with being slim and curvy. As someone built much like Aquafina, I was elated to see a woman with a small bust, no waist, and stubby legs starring in a Marvel movie. Until I saw what they did to her. Throughout Shang-Chi, Katie wears little to no makeup. Her clothes are all wrong for her body type, making her look boxy and heavier than she is. You wouldn't catch me in any of her pants if my life depended on it. One could argue that since Katie is underemployed and living at home, she doesn't have the money for quality makeup and clothes. That's fair, but Hollywood has never let pesky details like that get in the way. Have you seen Monica and Rachel's apartment? Rent control, my ass. Furthermore, Katie's best friend, Sean, clearly has no romantic interest in her. Normally, we'd applaud this. We want women to be fully fleshed out characters, not just love interests for male heroes. But in this case, it feels like Katie, and thus Aquafina, is denied the opportunities and validation given to other characters whose bodies conform to a more masculine ideal of femininity. And the cherry on top of this shit Sunday? The first Asian American woman to star in a Marvel movie is made to look less than. Shame on you, Marvel. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you'd like to share your thoughts on this post, you can comment directly on the blog. The link is in the episode notes. You can also chat with us on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Madams, or email us your feedback at themarvelousmadams at gmail.com. Stay tuned for future installments of Madam Musings.